0: Work out what you love. Like, I love rivers and trees, and I love tiny things, and I love theatres, and I love ghosts. So, that's going to be in the next book I'm writing. It's 60,000 words, it's a lot of words. You've got to do what you love. And if you love it and you pour your heart into it, somebody else will see that your love and your heart is in it, and that'll take you a long way.
1: Hello, this is Susie Walker, host of the How I Wrote My Book podcast. We're a friendly writer's community who meet online to connect, be inspired and feel happy as we write our books. This episode is brought to you by the Annex Story Fest, taking place on February the 24th to the 26th, 2023, in the magical town of Annex, Northumberland, where stories come to life. The Annex Story Fest is bringing our community and visitors together to have fun, make new friends and be inspired by the stories we love. You can buy your tickets now at AnnexStoryFest.com. Hello, I'm Susie Walker, host of How I Wrote My Book podcast. Every week, I will interview one of our brilliant writers coming to the Annex Story Fest about where they get their ideas from, what inspires them, and how they actually write their books. This week, we're talking to Lisette Orton, a disabled writer, activist, and creative practitioner based in Darlington in the northeast of England. Her debut middle-grade novel, The Secret of Haven Point, is set on the northeast coast in a lighthouse, with a captain with a kitten in his beard and a gang of disabled friends having a cracking adventure. The Secret of Haven Point is out now from Puffin, but Lisette's new book, The Stickleback Catchers, will be published in February 2023, just in time to be available at our festival, where you can find Lisette frolicking with mermaids at an interactive event where you too can decide what you want to keep in your beard. You do so much. You're a poet, you're a writer, you're an uh, interactive, amazing person that does things with beards. Come to the session and find out more about what, what we're talking about. But I, how did you start your writing career? Where, where did all of this
0: begin? So I've just always loved books. I remember getting really grumpy at school when you wrote a CV and they said that you weren't allowed to put like reading down because that was what everybody put as their standard answer. And I just do, I love books. But it began for me when I was in junior school, so about eight and I loved books. And what happened was Anne Fine, the author came to our school and we got given a book and I went to her to get it signed. And I couldn't work out why on earth this random woman was signing her name in my book. And then she asked me my name and I said, my name's Lisette. And she said, oh, that's unusual. I'll write it down in my notebook of names that might use in the future. And I was absolutely bewildered. So I said, um, I really don't understand what you're doing. Like, why have you written your name in my book? And why are you stealing my name? And she said, I'm an author. And I said, what's an author? And she said, I'm the person who wrote that book. And I, I don't know why, but no one had ever told me. I kind of thought that books came off like machines in a factory, like the one that my, my dad worked in and when I realised that you could do that as a job that's what I wanted to be when I grew up.
1: Well, actually it makes me have a lump in my throat you telling me that story because it is it's so it is like magical when you realise that someone I remember going to the um, Harry Potter um, exhibition in London and I, I started to cry when I was going in the queue because what I realised was that this one woman had created this massive industry from just her imagination and as you say, it's, it's quite extraordinary, isn't it? Where do you get your
0: ideas from? Uh, all over the place. It tends to be, I see something that I think is quite interesting. So for the, the book that's about to come out or will have come out by the time um, it is the festival, which I'm very excited about, the Stickleback Catchers, that was thinking about cash, catching fish when I was little and then it was thinking about memory and then all of a sudden because there are crows in it I realized that there is a constellation called Corvus after crows and then I thought stars and then that went on to another leap somewhere else so I kind of find things that I'm I'm really interested in research them a lot and then find out where those like clever links are and then I get really excited and then it comes from (laughs) there.
1: Okay that's really interesting so I want to come back to the book in a second but so you've got all of these ideas so you've got that idea and you research it and then what do you do? do you plot it do you how do you get it down how do you take it from this nebulous thing that's growing and dynamic into something that's solid?
0: So I have on my wall in my studio over to my right hand side what looks like the kind of wall that a detective would have. You know, it's like bits of red string and photos and things like that. Up. So anything that excites me or I find unusual or different or maybe a phrase I've overheard all get stuck up on the wall and all of a sudden it seems like themes start coming out. So I kind of stick. If there's anything, say, I don't know about family, they might all get shoved in one corner and one of those will come out stronger than the rest and then I'll follow that. And then it gets to a point where I realise that I'm just starting to go round in circles and I am now procrastinating. And that is the point in time where I get out the laptop and I did this yesterday on the new book I'm writing, realised I was procrastinating. So I got the laptop out and wrote the first chapter, which it turns out is absolutely none of the things that I was thinking about at all. And my fingers went somewhere else entirely. So it's like I have to have like a buffer of stuff and then I leap off from that and I have no plan. It's yeah. just, let's see what happens.
1: Because they talk in writing to, uh, circles, don't they, about plotters and pansters. So plotters yeah. plot and they carefully know exactly what's going to happen at the end of the novel. Yeah. And the pansters write by the seat
0: of their pants. So you're a yeah. panther. Kind of. I need like I need like a foundation. I need something where I can go, oh, I've run out of steam. I know about stars now. Let's have a think about those and bring those in. But yeah, I tried plotting a novel once and I got to the end and I thought, well, I know what happens. What's the point in writing it now? So yeah. if I plot it too close, I just get bored. And yeah. I like that thing where all of a sudden your fingers walk in a certain direction. You're like, I had no idea that was about to happen. I love it when that
1: happens. It's amazing that you, you can do that. So in terms of um, characters, where do the characters come from? And how do you write characters? Do you build them? Or do, do you kind of base them on people you know? Or how, how do you start
0: to develop your characters? So I always begin with place place and setting is the most important thing for me and the most exciting and I can't start writing until I've got that and then once I've got that it feels really organic and natural to start populating them with people like um, oh I've got this setting now so who would live there and it's always I've realized now if you make them really want a thing that they can't have or you make something unusual about them it makes like writing the next sixty-seven thousand words a lot more interesting. So yeah, it's and thinking about how they might clash and collide and antagonise each other, or they might lead to other adventures. Or you'll write somebody and you'll know, and and they might be quite hard to find. But as soon as you've written them, you're like, oh, I know all the other people now. So once I've got place, if I haven't got the place, then I can't write a characters to save my life. And you'd go into the psychology of it.
1: At all? Or do you ever kind of look at it and think, oh, well, they need to make that leap in their personal
0: development? Um, I suppose I always know at the beginning because it's really important that your character has either a, a desire or a thing that they want, or maybe sometimes they don't know what it is. They think it's one thing and it turns out to be another or a character flaw, because otherwise it's a long time with your character just being exactly the same. So you need to plant one of those at the beginning. But quite often, I don't really know properly until the end what that exactly is, and then I can go back and kind of thread that and and seed that a bit more. But no, they just kind of... I've tried that before, and they end up quite stilted. I think I find that first draft, they're a bit clunky, and then I can kind of layer them up on the second.
1: Yeah, and when you say layer them up, is that... Is that kind of the way they look? Is it kind of? Yeah. Yeah, My
0: first draft is really sparse. It's It's really just me telling myself a story. And then I'm like, oh, so the stuff I've got in my head, I now probably need to tell other people about. So then it's starting to work out what they look like. I like it when they have speech that's a bit different to the other ones. There might be mannerism in speech. It might be a way that they smell or look. There's normally like a key thing like that. And once I've grasped that then the rest of the character kind of builds around that. But yeah, I definitely don't say that it's based on anyone I know ever because that just gets you into bother. I would say. Mm. Uh,
1: in terms of um, learning how to do this, how have you learned how to do this? Is it just by doing it? Or is
0: it did you read lots of books or go on a course or? So I spent ages reading books that tell you how to be a writer. But it turns out that they're really good for telling you how that specific person writes or how that specific person is a writer. And I've got a neurodivergent brain and I've got a disabled body. I can't write like 3,000 words before breakfast time. I just can't do it. And that, that made me feel like a failure for a long time. Yeah. Then I went on a brilliant course, which is still running. Apply for it, based in T called Writers Block Northeast. And it was the first time that I'd learned the mechanics of story. So if you know the rules, you can then break them. Like, so you're going to have your ordinary world, and then an inciting incident where something changes, and then you're going to have your middle bit, which is all adventure, and then by the end, the characters need to have kind of like made a decision uh, to leave the ordinary. There's all this stuff, and I was like, wow. And then I just read books. And if there was a bit where I got bored, I tried to work out why I got bored. If there was a bit that was brilliant, I tried to work out why it was brilliant. And then after all that procrastinating, I just started. And it was the most awful thing because I had these most beautiful ideas in my head. And on the page, they were just absolutely pants and just awful. And I've got a note up on my wall which my editor sent back to me because I hate first drafts because they're always so awful and it says note to future me first draft is pulling teeth you will hate it do it quickly then it's done and then it's the brilliant template that you need to do the fun bits in the following drafts
1: because the first draft is awful
0: but mm-hmm. it's meant to be awful <laughs>
1: yeah that's so lovely advice I want to go to your book the stickleback catches you said what is that about what's I mean you said it's about stickleback catches and sticklebacks are a little fish is
0: that right yeah they are they're a tiny little fish with three spines they're amazing and i was obsessed with them when i was little so um we have mimi and her friends titch and Nusrat, and it's a middle grade book so for people who are probably um years five six seven about that kind of age range though adults too I love reading children's books Um, and they have to go on an adventure to try and save Mimi's gran who's starting to lose her memory so there is time travel there are crows with briefcases there's a river that goes backwards so that one will be out in February and then the one that's out at the moment is called The Secret of Haven Point Tell me about that book. That's like, I love the cover. By the way, the cover of that is so beautiful. It's amazing, it, isn't it? Gillian, yeah. who is also um, a local writer and illustrator, she did the cover and it's I cried when I saw it. Yeah, beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah, it's basically it's me wishing that I lived in a lighthouse because that's what I wish. So it's a group of um, friends who live in a lighthouse. It's on the northeast coast. I don't think enough books are written in our dialect and our language and our tongue. So um, it's about that. And the person who runs the lighthouse is a captain who has a kitten in his beard. It has got fierce warrior mermaids in it and all the people who live there the recklings they're all disabled and neurodivergent because for me I was fed up that any book that I read that had a disabled character they were like the one that was pitied or they got magically fixed or they had to stay at yes. home while the adventure happened or they died that's what happened seemed to happen to yeah. all of them it's like no me and my mates have massive adventures but we do it in the way that we need to do it so all of them are disabled and neurodivergent. It's not about that, but it is about showing that we deserve our place on the bookshelves as well. So when
1: you say neurodivergent, what kind of things,
0: what kind of adventures do they get up to? All of them in the book, what I love about it is they do things exactly the way they are. So we're not forced in the book to do things maybe the way a neurotypical person might do it. So there we have somebody who um, makes um, like bounces around all over the place. And that's absolutely fine because that's the way they process and they do stuff. We have some people who flap and click and do all sorts. So, um, so yeah, it's just celebrating that we all come in different shapes and sizes. And, um, yeah, let's get that on the bookshelves. So I just kind of thought anybody else who's young, who doesn't get chance to see themselves in a book sometimes, maybe it will be something that makes them realise that, you know, write your books, get them on shelves. We want to read them, please and thank you.
1: So for you, if you were going to give advice to people who, well, for young people who want to, you know, who want to write books, book, what what kind of advice would you give them? And because I think kind of starting out is quite
0: hard. It is. I think you've just, so publishing is really slow. That's the thing. So if you're trying to think that, like, I don't know, vampires are really popular. You don't really like vampires, but you're going to write about vampires because that's what's on all the shelves at the moment. By the time you come to it, The shells will be gone on to, I don't know, zombies or chickens. So I think you should just work out what you love. Like I love rivers and trees and I love tiny things and I love theatres and I love ghosts. So that's going to be in the next book I'm writing because you've got it's 60,000 words It's a lot of words. You've got to do what you love. And if you love it and you pour your heart into it. You'll have loads of fun, which is the main thing. Then somebody else will see that your love and your heart is in it. And that'll take you a long way.
1: Yeah. In terms of, you know, you're talking about that first draft and how kind of difficult it is. How do you deal with doubt? you know, I was just talking to someone who's at the, coming to the festival and she said, our book's just about to be published. And I just got the PDF co- uh, copy of it. And it's amazing. It's so good. And she says, oh, it's so nice to hear that because I was just having that absolute wobble. And I was like, how could, how could you even wobble? Because it's so brilliant. And it was like really um, amazing for me to hear that such a wonderful writer was having the same wobbles. Do you wobble about your writing? Yeah. And, and how, oh do how do you deal with that?
0: How do you deal with your
1: doubts and keep on track. So the
0: first thing I do is that I have a ridiculous hat that I wear while writing. So that is a major thing that I do because you can't take yourself seriously then. And I I'd find it really easy to spend ages going, should this be a the or an and or getting really caught up in in all of that and then never doing any writing. I always also leave um, a sentence open for myself so I won't finish a sentence. So as soon as I sit back at the computer, I've got something to go from. So like past me is helping future me. But when it comes to stuff like that, I think the only thing that I can do is write the best book I possibly can. And when I do the last line edit or the last proofread, I say goodbye to it then. And I'm happy with it then. And from then onwards, I kind of just don't know, maybe it's my brain, I go into tra-la-la-la-la mode and there's nothing that I can do whatsoever about what people think about it. I can't really make them buy them. I can go on Twitter occasionally and go, please, would you buy my book? But I don't think it does much. I've just got to hope that the incredible booksellers and young people and librarians who are all awesome maybe see something nice in it and it, and it does something. And if it doesn't, then I did the best I can. That's kind of out of my control. So I don't ask for I don't want to know how many copies it's sold. I don't look at reviews. I don't do anything like that. Once it's flown out from me, there's nothing more I can do. Yeah, that's such a healthy, such a healthy uh, way to look at it. It's really brilliant. Um,
1: I know you're going to be coming to do a session with us at the Annette Story Fair. So tell us about what we're going to be doing
0: in your session. <sighs> I I hear it's about beards. Yes, there might be a beard or two. Well, that's a lie. There's just one beard. Who knows by then? I might have another beard. I don't know. So um, we are going to have a big, massive, interactive, joyous session about the wonder of words. We're going to have a think about the characters in the book. We'll probably have a bit of a story time because I love a bit of a story time. And then... We are going to create a word hoard. We're going to think about what stuff's in our beard. We're going to create what if and what happens next story. Basically, it's going to be unbridled chaos. And I can't really wait. (laughs) I can't wait. I think I'm
1: definitely coming to your session. That's really great. So tell me, just before you go, tell me what are
0: you working on now? So I can't tell you what I'm working on now. Oh, exciting. It's got a uh, an old, crumbly theatre in it, and there's ghosts, and there's a theatre dog called Rex. My lips are mm-hmm. sealed. I said no more. That's that's enough to keep us going. But when will that be out? So I can't tell you any of that kind of stuff whatsoever, mm-hmm. in the slightest. I know,
1: I know. But, it, I but know. It's interesting what you're saying about the publishing process because it does take so long, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah uh, it I think does. a lot of people don't realise that you know, from from the from the idea.
0: Yeah.
1: Published. How long is your timeline? About a year and a half?
0: Yeah, so I usually get maybe about a year, six months for the first bit of the process, which is getting it up to kind of final draft stage. And then the next bit of the process, which is the exciting stuff where you do copy edits and proofreads and you start seeing the artwork that takes about a year for that so between like 18 months and two years from kind of beginning to it getting on the shelves which is really weird so by the time you're talking to people about a book you've almost forgotten that it was even you that wrote it someone in a session the other week had to remind me what happened in in my own book because I'd forgotten so that was very helpful (laughs) that's
1: amazing I well I cannot wait for the chaos and the beard and the, the the mermaids and whatever else we're going to meet on your session and thank you so much for joining us on the annex story fest i you're going to be such a brilliant um person at the front of the room being dynamic and fabulous so thank you so much thank you so much for having me see you soon bye bye thank you for listening to how i wrote my book podcast if you want to join a friendly writing community do join us at HowIWroteMyBook.com. Big thank you to all our partners and sponsors. Annex Storyfest is brought to you by Annick Gardens, Annick Town Council, Annick Castle, Annick Playhouse, Northumberland Estates, Northumberland County Council Community Chest, the Bailiff's Gate Museum, Barter Books, the Accidental Bookshop and our free kits programme is sponsored by Yopa and Helen Kelly, our local friendly online estate agent. Thank you also to Alcon and Turnbull's Northumbrian Food. You can buy your tickets now at AnnexStoryFest.com